Brian noise. It's all Brian. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is January 29th. It's Monday, and you are listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. And today, if you happen to be looking at our screen, you know we're talking about Microsoft Copilot. Is this the AI that businesses need? You know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of dig into it. We've got Robert, Andy, Beth, and I'm Brian. And um, yeah, we want to kind of just take this show as an opportunity. Uh, maybe maybe a week or two ago, it wasn't? I don't think it was last week. Microsoft sort of announced this idea of Copilot. And it's confusing, to be honest. Um, and why is it confusing? Well, because Microsoft, like so many others, has changed names and swapped things around. And Copilot was being used as more of a general term. Uh, you know, just saw Rachel Woods post about that. She said, I used to call it my Copilot, and now Microsoft has kind of killed that term that, for everybody. Yeah. Um, so there's that, but I do it too. I'm like, oh, AI is like your Copilot, but now Copilot's a, a product, and it's it's quite honestly confusing. So the idea of this show really is first and foremost to get a lay of the land. Let's talk about what it is and what it isn't. Um, what the terms mean to, as of today, the 29th of January. We'll see where that goes in 2024 if Microsoft throws any other curveballs. Um, but what is it? And then, then once we get past that, we'll open up the conversation more to okay, what does this mean for businesses? What does this mean for education? What does this mean for places like government? And I, I highlight those because my daughter, she's, you know, at, through the school system, Robert, I don't know about your daughter too. They use Microsoft products, right? They're going to use, you know, every student has access to basically uh, Office, Microsoft Office, which is now called 365, by the way. There's a first name change that you got to get used to is Microsoft Office is called Microsoft 365. 365 was a term that they used back more for businesses four or five years ago. So just to keep everything nice and clear, that's that's what we're looking at. So let's let's just lay the land really quick. And if you guys want, I'll just share my screen here. We'll just sort of run through this part quick. Um, and then we'll just talk about it really quick. And then let's get into more of the conversation. Okay. So let me start with, let's start here. Nope, that sucks. How about present? Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we are still here. Yeah, we're still yeah. We're waiting for you. I'm here freaking, freaking a little bit air is not going to hurt anybody. This is in a, <laughs> it's been a uh, not a Chrome browser, so I had to go find it. I apologize. <laughs> okay, here we go. I <laughs> I pulled it up into Microsoft Edge uh, because I wanted to make sure I had all the bells and whistles and all the things uh, I yes. have on there. So. Let's just talk about this a second. So this is on the Copilot Pro um, page on here. But basically, if we just start with Microsoft Copilot and Microsoft Copilot Pro, let's just take those two. Okay, Microsoft Copilot is free. You need to have a Microsoft login to get to it, but it's free. It's very similar to what you would get with a ChatGPT account, a free side of ChatGPT account. All you have to do is have a login and it's going to work. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. You can do it if you're in the Edge browser. This is no different. This used to be called like Bing Chat over here, I think. And now that it's just branded as Copilot, it'll pop up on the side of your screen and I can use I can use it over here like I would. Now, there's a couple of things that seem to be missing that we would get, um, such as, uh, well, you wouldn't get that on the free side as far as like uploading documents, but that's not on the free side anyway. So no difference there. Essentially... 
you're getting to use um, GPT-4 at times, depending on load on the server. And that's really where they start to make the difference between Copilot and Copilot Pro. So if you happen to be able to see our screen, I'm sharing the Copilot Pro landing page, if you will. So let's just look at this really quick. It costs $20 per month. And it get, has stuff like get things done fast with premium AI features. So it'll give you priority access to GPT-4 and GPT-4 Turbo during peak times. In other words, they won't throttle you down. You'll get better access to this over time. Now, anybody that's used GPT, ChatGPT and uh, ChatGPT Plus knows that. In fact, this morning, I would say it's pretty much rendered useless for me. I haven't been able to use GPT almost all, ChatGPT almost all morning. Um, because of issues and throttling and stuff like that. So with Copilot, basically they're saying um, you can still use Dolly 3. That's the, exactly the same. And then they have what they call with 100 boosts per day. And then it says with Designer, which was formerly called Bing Image Creator, which wasn't even that long ago. So what does a boost mean? <laughs> well, just to make it more clear or unclear, they're not saying that's how many times you can create an image a boost isn't how many times you can create an image a boost for them means that you'll be able to like increase the speed of way uh, to get that image back that's what they're saying so with a free side you get 15 of those you get 15 boosts a day to help you get your answers faster with the pro side they say you get 100 a day again doesn't have anything to do with creating an image just how fast you're going to get the image response back from it Okay, so that's all great, well and fine. You're like, okay, fine, whatever, 20 bucks. I don't know, Brian, that doesn't sound very interesting. Well, the last part here is probably the most important. And that's that you unlock the pilot in Microsoft 365. So as we said at the beginning, just to keep everything clear, if you're familiar with Microsoft Office, Office being things like PowerPoint, Word, Excel, uh, OneNote, Outlook, those are all part of your office suite. Well, that has been rebranded as Microsoft 365. So that's what we're talking about. And now with this, this Pro, Copilot Pro, you now get to link it with your office, your 365 account. See, I already messed it up. Now that's not free. So that costs. So you could have a personal account there. That'll cost you like 10 bucks a month. Or you might have a family plan. I might have a family plan at home. And let's say my wife, me and my daughter all are part of this family plan. And so we pay that for 365. So they all can use the suite of products in our house. We don't, but let's just say hypothetically. If I now go and add Copilot, uh, I want to make sure I'm saying it right, Copilot Pro to that, an additional $20 a month. Now what happens is if I'm using it in the chat window and I'm saying, help me, um, uh, help me put together a uh, table of the top, grossing movies on Netflix in the last five years, whatever, right? And it's going to kind of create that. Well, now what you can do when they're linked together and you're paying this extra money is you can say, go ahead and open that up in Microsoft Excel. Among many, many other things you can do once you're in there. Some of the cooler things like with Excel are you can say, hey, add a table. Hey, filter this for me. Help me with a pivot table, which I always mess up. Help me with the formula for this, but you can do it in natural language. I think that's really, really cool to be able to say, this is what I'm trying to do with my data. And can you help create that for me? Whether it's a chart graph, or you're just trying to manipulate the table that you have in front of you and maybe do some concatenation or whatever it is. So that's sort of where we are as far as like all the pieces. And if I was in, I don't have it, uh, I didn't sign up for it, but if you're in like, a, I happen to have a personal account for 365 and you can see, oh, here's all my access on the left side. So Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, OneDrive, and then they have OneNote and Teams in there as well. 
if I paid that extra $20, I now would have access to these tools inside these different accounts. Hey, do me a favor, Brian, Um, because I'm not sure. Uh, I'm having trouble myself trying to. Could you click on the button that you had shown a second ago, which is order the order the money, order the twenty dollars? Where's that at? That this this guy right here. Yeah, click on get get Pro Pilot Pro, just for the heck of it, because I am under the belief that it's only for Microsoft Teams type of people. See, nope. I can't even get nope. to that screen, so I'm wondering nope, why. You can add it. Huh? You can, you well, you can well, buy it for an individual. Like well, and that was the you thing. Can. I'm just saying, like, obviously, I have an account. I have 365. It's business, and I cannot get to that. Right. So you, you have to have a different Microsoft login for your personal, and mm. um, uh, Microsoft logins are um, sticky. Uh, <laughs> it took me a while to get out for it not to automatically assume I'm trying to get in on the business account, right? Like, no, okay. I, so I, you're saying if you have a business account and you try to go do that, it's, you're going to run into issues because you're not logged in as a per, just a personal account. Therefore, it's not going to show you those options. So right. it, are you saying that it doesn't work for business? No, nope, we're not saying that totally works for business. Um, uh okay so then what are you saying if you can't you can't log in to for, to for personal if you're trying to log in and you're saying you're not on your personal what why would it matter you then both should be able to log in right is it possible that you have to have your administrator for the business account in, implement I mean, copilot pro for the entire company because the business is going to select the number of seats that it needs right like it's going to be it's going to be like a like a teams like a business thing like when you uh when you get the 365 account for the business you still have to say how many seats and then so, that hasn't changed over the years i mean it's been like that you know the 365 accounts and what you could do same thing it's been seats and how many you know what do you want to pay no different than gpt for teams right now so right. i have a 365 account to use excel powerpoint etc and um, I want to see if there's a real distinction between Google's approach and what's happening with Microsoft 365 in that on Google, I, you know, I also pay, uh, you know, in order to have access to the Google app suite, uh, but mm -hmm. all of the AI tools are now just being fed in there without an additional subscription. So right. is it true that on Microsoft 365, I can't use those tools unless I pay the $20 a month extra? You, the can't AI use, tool. you can't use yeah. them embedded in the... Right. Okay. So in PowerPoint, uh, I'll have to test this later today, but in PowerPoint, if I go in there and I ask for a design for a mm -hmm. slide, that's not going to be there unless I get Copilot Pro. Correct. There you okay. go. Yeah. And so you have two things, right? You have the, I'm in, I'm in the app that I want to use, PowerPoint, Word, or whatever, and I'm using AI... It depends, right? I mean, Word is going to be different than Excel and stuff like that. Then the other thing you get is if you're using Copilot Pro in the chat feature, the chat window, you can jump off. You can start your idea and your inspiration there and immediately jump off and it will auto fill it into like a Word document uh -huh. to continue there. Then it, let's say... Let's say you, ran, you you created an intro paragraph for a new paper you're going to write. You could go right below that and just like a Google, 
in the Google Docs, you can go in and say, help me write the next paragraph, essentially, yeah. or help me come up with an outline, or I need a bibliography, or whatever the case may be. And that's all embedded right there in uh, the Word document. Yeah. So in my last company, we had a Google App Suite. And when they raised the prices from around $8 per seat to $12 per seat, yeah. you know, our IT guys immediately started looking at, okay, let's go talk to Microsoft and see if we can get a better deal there. There was a marginal decline in the total cost, but had we stayed with Google, then we would have paid $12 a month per seat, but we would have all the AI tools built in if we stayed, went over to Microsoft. I think that they ultimately did. Uh, if they went to Microsoft, that means that they would pay the, say, $8 per seat plus 20 now. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't think, I think Microsoft's business suite was $30 a seat. I don't think it was $8 a seat. I think those things um, are negotiable and, and uh, we're, we're, excellent. We're, 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 Listen know. to Andy about money, not mm -hmm. me. Um, uh, so the, one of the things that's different about this is that you're already as a business paying for the Microsoft suite, right? So that's, that's right. likely considered a cost that's already built in for you. Um, also, we know that Google stuff is funky in Canada. So I don't know um, if, like, if you're a Canadian business, maybe you don't have access to Duet. I don't know. Um, um, I only know the Copilot. I mean, Copilot is is available in... in... Sorry, Duet is, uh, is Copilot. Duet is uh, micro... Ugh. Duet is Google's version of oh, Copilot. Right, right. Yeah, right? I got you. So yeah, so what? So although, despite my ability, my my attempt to like try to make this you know clear, it might as it might be clear. <laughs> but here's what here's what I want to I want to get just so people are crystal clear on this. Okay, you can have a free ChatGPT account. You can have a free Microsoft Copilot account. Those are free. They both require logins to get in, so that's no different. On the surface, they're very similar when you log in. Very similar. One might have a little bit more GPT-4. Maybe you get a little turbo here or there. How many pictures can you do? You get 15, you know, um, uh, I already forgot the word for it. You know, you can improve them, do them faster. Boost, thank you. You can get 15 boosts. Uh, different words for basically the same thing. So, okay, now now you're getting to pay. You're like, well, okay, Brian, I here's the scenario. I currently have GPT+, but I work, let's say, for the government, like my wife does. And there you're going to use all, all Microsoft suite, right? They're going to have all of the 365 and all the tools. So the government's probably a bad idea because they'll never say yes, yes. to the AI. But let's just say <laughs> so now you're saying like, okay, well, what would make more sense if I was going to do one or the other? Well, the answer really is probably, well, where are you currently working? Where are you currently doing business? Because I would say, whether it's on the personal, you could be a solopreneur or small business. If you're using the 365 suite of apps, meaning again, PowerPoint and Excel and, and Word and OneNote and Outlook, if that's your world, I think it would make sense to actually turn. And if I was choosing one or the other, pick Copilot Pro for those reasons, because it's going to further enhance what I'm already doing. 
but it wouldn't make sense unless you're already actively using those products and it's just a part of your day-to-day business, whether it's on the business side or the personal side. I think there's a lot of advantages. I definitely went through and watched quite a few um, different YouTube videos. I want to give a shout out to Corbin AI. It was a YouTube channel I watched and he was excellent. He put out a lot of cool stuff there. I don't know him otherwise, but he was quick on the draw for putting out these sort of videos. So that's where I was getting my information because he was showing live examples of it. Um, but it's things you would expect. PowerPoint, you can create from scratch an idea, or you can add to slides, or you could have 50 slides and then ask questions against it. Nothing went revolutionary here, but cool that now you can do that in PowerPoint if that's where you are. With Excel, I gave a couple of those options earlier. Microsoft, help you write, give you suggestions. Again, we've been able to do this in Google Docs for a while or using Duet and things like that. Um, outreach, okay, emails. Uh, to me, with the email thing, I always feel like it takes me longer to set up the thing I wanted to write be, than it would uh, literally to write five sentences. So like that's that's plus or minus. But if it starts to be able to go through your emails and help you quickly send in like instead of keyword search, being able to do more semantic search and say, like, I don't remember the name of it, but I know I was talking about this in the topic. And at one point we talked to the customer about that and it says, yeah, okay, Brian, I know what email you're talking about just by me using natural language to try to explain the situation. That's so much better than keyword because at least in Gmail, keyword search and definitely on mobile is the worst. It doesn't, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't work. It's horrible. So having solutions like that obviously make a lot of sense. But this also goes to say, None of it matters if you're not really using the Microsoft 365 suite of products, because otherwise there's advantages with staying over with ChatGPT, namely custom GPTs. If you're on the paid account on the on the plus account, right, you don't have custom GPTs. You don't have an ability to upload a document. Um, you don't have custom instructions. So there's there's definitely a couple of things that you wouldn't get that to me would make more sense. And honestly, you could have it ex export a CSV file, and then just go quickly bring that into Google Sheets and then continue to work from it from there. So it's not like you're exactly blocked from creating something in ChatGPT and then moving it somewhere else to work with it. It's just that it's a little bit more integrated. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit smoother if you're in the, the co-pilot side. Yeah, so this raises a question about what about all those many companies that wanted to make advances with AI literacy before this integration with Copilot and acquired familiarity internally by you know, providing ChatGPT accounts, ChatGPT Plus accounts at $20 a month. You know, does it make sense ever once your team is really proficient using that plus the tools that you say are not a part of Microsoft's offering? Why would anyone switch back uh, you know, add, you know, they're not going to add another $20 per seat. Right. No, it's one of the, one of the other $20 for chat GPT plus, and people are pretty happy with the UI and the facility that chat GPT plus offers. Right. And the UI of chat GPT was like the thing that, pu that pushed it into the like stratosphere. And uh, because Microsoft's co-pilot, like even if you're just comparing the, the face of both Microsoft's Copilot because it has a whole different business model is much more busy, right? When you come to ChatGPT, there is um, 
there there's less uh, to distract you in that very beginning. Like, okay, I have a question. I have a prompt that I'm using. Um, the GPT store is a little different. Um, uh, custom GPTs, I think, are, are a big thing internally because I can imagine if I were back at my desk, <clears throat> I'd have a whole raft of custom GPTs to do simple tasks that I do repetitively that it basically amounts to a prompt library for things that I use AI for that where I don't have to retype prompts in the chat interface of chat GPT. I'd be very rankled if my company made a decision that now you've got to go use the, the co-pilot thing when I have chat GPT plus here working so well side by side. Right. And they are, uh, they're not, they have the same base potentially, right? They're all pulling from ChatGPT4 in this context or GPT4 Turbo. But if you've ever used a uh, free Copilot, you know that it is uh, it is designed slightly differently. Like Copilot, my experience with Microsoft Copilot is uh, that it's uh, GPT with an attitude. Like it was GPT with an attitude before Grok became whatever it was. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I'm not sure they are equivalent, actually. If you've figured out how to use ChatGPT, are you prepared to, to use yeah, just, I, I the, just the equivalent in Copilot? I think it's probably true that Microsoft is, is provisioning a, a foundation, which is ChatGPT4, but it's been tuned extensively with their right. own business-oriented purpose in mind. And so it isn't likely to be the same user experience at all. Well, they're similar, but I mean, it's not, yeah. yeah and, and don't forget, like back when they even called it Bing chat, you know, they always had a choose a conversation style. You don't really have that option inside of um, ChatGPT. Um, they have more creative in the middle. They have more balanced and on the right, they have more precise. And basically those are, you know, functions that are probably temperature, you know, um, and, but that's always been, that's always been in there. And it's always sort of been a choose, choose how you right. want Microsoft Copilot to, to respond to you. Um, and that, that doesn't exist on the chat GPT. So yeah, it is a different experience. What I would love to talk about maybe with the last 10 minutes or so, and, you know, maybe Robert, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this since, um, you know, you work with university, you work you, you know, around students and stuff like that. And, uh, if, if I'm a student, I'm a university student, if I'm an, if I'm, um, you know, uh, lower elementary on up, whatever you want to call it. And I'm, you know, Andy, you mentioned like, Oh, I, I probably created some custom GPTs. Like we, we do that, but we also know the vast majority of the people using that probably are not creating custom GPTs. I just had a coworker on Friday that was like, Oh, wow. Look at all your custom GPTs. Like, because there was like 30 on the side of my screen. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, probably too many, you know, but that's okay. That's us. That's the early adopters, the early, early adopters, right? But I don't think that's the case for everybody. So Robert, what do you think? Okay, now you have this, this, uh, this new ability and it's going to be integrated into the stuff you're using as a student or whatever. Do you see this as like a window or a door towards more AI adoption and literacy now that it's going to be baked into tools that you're probably already using. And I'm talking about for people who are not really using ChatGPT that much today, not power users, just your occasional user. 
Are you asking that you think that this is going to um, scale up everybody just because it's embedded in the tools they're already using? Yeah, basically. Um, I think that's kind of uh, user dependent, right? So the, the functionality of software is always uh, in the eye of the beholder of, in, in that sense. So I think that when you're talking about people who have access to these, it's about their aptitude, really. You know, um, I know my sister, who's a doctor, <laughs> email is hard for her, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, it's just she, she was never into computers, never into tech. And sure. just that wasn't her her way of of processing and problem solving. It was never using technology. So I feel like more and more people these days, and she's she's a lot younger than I am. But um, my point is that I think that when you're going through college, it's really going to help. I think it's going to create a gap, as we talked about before. The ones that are really liking it and are willing to put the energy into it and figuring it out are going to scale faster than those who have an aptitude that's not as, um, you know, quick with, with technology. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's quite as quick and dry. It's, it's user dependent is, is my first thought. I think it's likely to give more people exposure to what it can do inside apps, right? Because that's where they're going to experience it. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, but I think, the exposure um, inside Gmail is pretty ubiquitous now, right? Like, I don't, th I don't think that's uh, part of the test thing. I think everybody has access to that, but that doesn't mean everybody's using it. Heck, I'm not using it, and I was an early tester. Um, uh, so, like, I think the exposure of knowing that this is going to be an option in your stuff uh, is it will no longer be surprising. But I don't know that that translates to literacy, uh, AI literacy, um, uh, that, skill. <laughs> in that context, it, it could actually be a crutch. I actually saw this TikTok. Uh, it was kind of funny. The guy was, you know, graduating from college and he's, and he's like, I had to thank my parents. I had to thank ChatGPT for helping me get through my thesis. I'm like, oh crap. Like he literally said that. And yeah, I think he wasn't kidding. Um, he was, he was an international student. He had a little bit of an accent. So it may have something to do with that being the case because he, that, is quite helpful when you're it's a second language but I, I think that if it's if it's showing up when you're using word you're typing a paper that you have to turn in and it's like popping up and you're like oh i don't know let me, let me see what the co-pilot has to say about the french revolution or whatever the the topic is i don't know yeah it could be it could it could ex create a students from average students and that's not a good thing you don't think Why so? Why is that I, I not a good I mean, thing? I, if it, <laughs> because if it they're, they're average students for a reason. And th if it improves <clears throat> critical thinking skills, I mean, my pushback to that would be if it improves critical thinking skills, if it improves somebody's ability to do research or good research and come back with well-constructed answers, I mean, the oh, reality well, is, I'll well, give you an example. You're, you're imposing how you use it. No, no offense, but I feel like because you already know those things and you're older... You gotta remember these are college kids who are supposed to be in college to learn how to critical think. And if okay, you're giving well, you, ahead of time, I'll give you an example. This is literally just happened in my house in the last week. My daughter um, has, uh, she says, Dad, 
you know, <laughs> like a 13 year old. She said, Dad, uh, name a name an event in history that had a lot of human impact. Like it was that broad. And I was like, I don't even we're in the car, like going to gymnastics. I don't even know where to start with this. Right. So I'm I'm asking qualifying questions to her because I'm just trying to narrow down what she's asking. Anyway, <laughs> we land on the moon landing, 1969 moon landing. OK, that she's going to use that. She's decided that supposed moon landing. <laughs> the moon landing. So then uh she says, um, I said, Oh, you know what? I use this tool called perplexity, right? And it's really great for research. I've been using it a lot for what I do and so that whatever. She texts me from school one day, she's like, Dad, what's that tool you're talking about? So perplexity.a, go go check it out. Put in what you're looking to learn about, and it's going to give you an answer in there and stuff like that. Well, I didn't have – obviously, it was a text message back and forth to my daughter, and she's in school. So she has to come up with sources, and she goes up to her teacher, and she's like, hey, I, I can use this, right? And the teacher's like, I don't know. What is that perplexity or whatever? She's like, well, it's – it's like AI. My dad told me about it. And the teacher like goes, whoa, no, like you can't, you cannot use AI. You can't quote AI. So my daughter comes home confused, rightfully so. And she's like, yeah, my teacher kind of upset me because like you showed me this thing and I thought it was great or whatever. I said, no, no. He thought you were like Wikipedia. You were going to quote perplexity. I said, perplexity is a research tool. I said, look at all these, these resources at the top. Now you have to go read those resources or whatever. She goes, oh, okay. I didn't realize that's what you meant. She goes off and comes back and ends up putting together a really well put together thought process of what she wants to talk about. But to me, she was just using an AI tool to help her do better research and do critical right. thinking skills. I like. I think yeah, it's a bonus. It was, to be fair. It was it was kind of like an advanced Google search is what you did. I mean, it was you know, absolutely. Yeah, but 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 and of course, I, this story is great for many reasons, and it's like shows the ignorance of our educators these days. No offense to them. But the yeah. fact that he, he freaked out at those two letters yeah. is like, calm down, yeah. dude. It's, we're she fine. Might have, she might have been like, can I quote this? And he was like, no. <laughs> so what is that? Like Wikipedia? No, you can't quote that. So I'm not sure what she said to her teacher in fairness, but I agree with you. I mean, the fa the thing was, she's like, he definitely didn't know what it was. I was like, well, okay. that's Yeah, so that's there's a there's an apropos comment here. It happens to come from Lilia Udovichenko, who is a, a colleague of mine from the past. Hello, Lilia. Oh, cool. uh, and and she's asking about perplexity specifically. Hmm. So we're big fans of perplexity, or not all of us necessarily, but I uh, I, I certainly am. And I, and perplexity has changed the game by removing much of the commercialization of generalized search engines, which have to rely on AdWords or the like hmm. in order to get uh, you know their revenues, and it gets directly to the answers and provides citations, which makes it much more uh, applicable, I think, to the educational market. For sure. Well, I, I, yeah. would, I would agree uh, with Lily as well um, that it's definitely already giving Google a run for its money. A lot of very respected people that I follow, they're saying they're not using Google anymore. They're using perplexity for this exact reason. And it, and it acts as a copilot, even has a copilot little thing. Again, that term is being overused, but yeah, right. it, it's a helper. They, they, it helps you with your search. It's like, I want tell me about the French Revolution. And if, if you turn on Copilot, it will say, What about it? Are you, or would you like yeah. to know about the economic or whatever aspects of it? Or so it, it'll, it'll help you with your search query, which is really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's AI uh, based, and that, that piece is, is, in, is interesting. But also, it helps with, with searching for products and services. And it's a much more, uh, it's, it's how Google should have been pivoting 
over the last 12 months, but they were afraid of losing their ad revenue. But. And I, honestly, I, I think it's temporary because I think Google is Google and they're going to be able to like, if they see this, they will absolutely have something that looks very much like perplexity. Um, but to be fair, perplexity with their follow-up questions is very much like Poe was a year ago. You used to be able to go into the Poe app and use one of the models and it had follow-up questions. In fact, that was my wife's first like, oh, I like this when it comes to mm -hmm. AI because it had the follow-up questions and it enabled her mm -hmm. to go down deeper holes that she wasn't initially thinking about. And I do love that from the critical thinking skill for a student. It's like, hey, what about this? And my daughter's able to go, oh yeah, no, that's a, that's, and then you're down that rabbit hole. I mean, we've all, anyway, we've all done that. It's not a, not a discussion of perplexity, we're over time. So the whole, the whole point of this call was hopefully if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I keep hearing about Copilot and Microsoft and what is it? Well, it's not you. It's that they've changed names and they've merged and they morphed and they've done all this stuff and it's a little hard to keep up. But here's the, here's the 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 quick overrun overview of it. Microsoft Copilot is a free service, just like you can sign up for ChatGPT. You can put a login and it basically runs the same as ChatGPT. They also have a pro, which is $20, at least on the personal side. I don't know what it costs on the business side per seat. That gives you access, uh, gives you some performance improvements, but it also opens up the door to Microsoft 365, used to be called Office for all those that are around long enough, and those suite of products and apps as well. That's really what we're talking about today. So it was really just like, let's just sort of talk about it. I think, I think there's a lot here in the future. We'll see what Microsoft does, but I'll be interested to see in three, six months, how many more people are saying, oh, and they're not, you know, to your, maybe to your point, Beth, they're not saying AI. They're just saying, oh, I, I don't know. It was pretty cool. I typed in and it just, it helped me change. It was like a helper and it changed my, my Excel spreadsheet for me and did that pivot table. And, and the, the reality is they may not even mention the word AI at all. It's just right. the, the helper that was in there and there's no reference point to it all. Okay. What we have coming up the rest of the week, just real quick, we're going to switch gears and talk about open AI tomorrow. We're going to talk about GPT-5. What do we know about it? What is Stan Altman? He's been on the, he was on the circuit there for a little bit in Davos and other places over the last weeks or two, two, two weeks. And he was talking about not exactly what it is. I don't think anybody has that, but he has some really interesting comments. We'll dive into that tomorrow. We have the news on Wednesday, Thursday, we're talking about AI and cancer. So specifically, how is AI specifically impacting cancer treatments, diagnoses, all the amazing things that are happening? And of course, cancer is very diverse. So there's a lot of different places and parts that it's playing. And then Friday, we have a review of Runway ML. They've been around for a while. They're actually really great. Uh, you could do all sorts of different stuff in there. Um, and we're just going to give you guys our honest review of Runway ML as it stands in January 2024. So that's what's up the rest of this week. I Go check out our... Greg's comment before we jump off. Yeah, please. He, yeah, he made a good it. point about using Copilot. When we talked about the educators and whatnot. Um, it helps students that are defined as average based on writing skills, not their critical thinking oh. skills. Now, granted, I would push back on that one and say, well, we don't want to further... it further intensify their lack of aptitude in writing by giving them a crutch is if that because basically if you give them that then they're not going to develop those writing skills uh, anyway. uh so uh and i'm going to push back slightly because it is not a static um only thing right like we're talking about it chat gpt chat gpt gives you uh to large extent what you ask it to give you right so it can help you improve your critical thinking skills. 
it could totally help you improve your critical thinking skills, it, right? It, like, it was a, oh, close in this, dude. It was hindering. It said he, his point was that the, the writing skills would be. Mm. Yeah. It, I, is I, it it, I get, I get what Greg is saying. I'm pushing yeah. back again on on robert and to a certain extent on brian because oh, oh, uh we're talking about it as though it's a fixed thing and it is not a fixed thing um oh, i got looped in with robert oh no <laughs> in the context of of easily determining whether it you can tell a difference i mean if i'm writing a paper for college level it, it is it's an output that i can use like i don't have to worry about yeah, we can discuss this at a different time, but I think that it's definitely it's a good topic. Yeah, yeah. I'd love yeah. to bring that to you. I mean, you to know, uh, I was go ahead. To frame that topic, do I learn anything from having ChatGPT improve my writing so the teacher sees me as not necessarily a below average student because I don't I don't compose well? So that I may have great critical thinking skills, which I think is a great point, but but I might show up to the teacher as being not so acute because I don't write well. Mm -hmm. Oh, this as is a, a deep topic. As, <laughs> as a child that was, I will just say as a child that was a horrible and still a horrible speller, spell check came in at the exact right time in my life to make sure I was able to continue through school because I absolutely would have gotten worse grades had I not had a tool like spell check that my dad didn't have. So I don't know. Great. We can talk about that on another topic, but I'm, I'm a child of that. I'm a product of that, of that technology coming in at the right time. Okay. That's it. We'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys.